Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I would like to present to you the world champion of the world podcast. It's your man, Qualified, a.k.a. the Black Rick Flair, a.k.a. the Black American Dream, a.k.a. the most over mid-card talent on the west side of Oahu. What's happening, guys? Um, We're here. We're officially on the road to mania um this week's podcast is going to be uh pretty wwe heavy um in fact the only shows i'm actually really gonna talk about um are raw and smackdown this week uh next week we're gonna be back uh fully loaded and talking about everything uh but there was just so much that happened um this week and going into the Royal Rumble that we're just going to start off uh, kind of doing the quick hit segment, and then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Raw and SmackDown as things relate. Um, first off, huge, huge, huge news. Um, I mean, I don't know how huge it is to everyone else, but uh, uh, I would say definitely a big story, and the way that it came across was just uh, uh surprising um dean ambrose or uh jonathan good uh is leaving the wwe he decided not to uh re-up with them not to re-sign his contract and it's uh looks like it'll be running out in april so after uh, after WrestleMania time, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be out of there. So that's, uh, that's really, uh, that's really interesting. Um, I can't say completely that maybe we didn't see it coming, uh, because some people, I I think a lot of people would have said that he should be frustrated with his creative direction, uh, just a lot a whole lot of nothing happening for Dean Ambrose that um that heel turn should have I feel like the as soon as he came back uh he should have just went heel on on Rollins and and Reigns um I kind of feel like he should have been the one to go heel in the very beginning uh when the shield broke up but you know, I digress. But I think kind of the same thing that happened to Seth after his injury, where, you know, Seth had been carrying the company. Uh, he had been doing his thing um, and having great matches with everybody. His knee blows out on him. Then he has time away. Uh, they shoot that whole documentary and it's like, oh, my God, we miss Seth. We love Seth. And he comes back and goes right back to that heel character. And it was kind of like, what? You know what I mean? Because we, uh, we had been waiting around to see him. And it, it, it just kind of threw everything off. And then that made his... Then when they did pivot and transition him to a face, it actually kind of fell flat because it was... 
it was just messed up, you know? Like they they had should they should have done it earlier. And then they didn't, and then when they did do it, it was just kind of like half-assed. And then finally uh finally it it was able to click and and now he's uh you know the top the, the top baby face on Raw. Uh and it's and it's working for him now, but uh but it it took us a while to get there. And I and I feel like there's parallels there with with Dean uh, when he first came back. He, I think everybody was ready for him to go ahead and go heel on Rollins, and he did it. And then it was still kind of like, oh, the Shield's back, and you know that was cool. And then the whole Roman thing happened, and so it's like, oh, okay, here we go, perfect time to turn him. And then they did, and that should have been huge. But then, like, they never really gave, they kind of gave us a reason, but then they, you know, started having him be, like, afraid of germs or whatever, and it was just, I don't know, I I don't feel like Dean Ambrose uh, doesn't want to be around us because we have germs, I feel like Dean Ambrose wants to uh, punch our faces in, uh, ends? punch our faces in, you know what I mean, like, he's that... I I don't know. It was just it was just kind of weird. So if if it is, and then just the the way that WWE has announced it, it also has people like, is it work? Is it you know? But uh, but just for uh, I guess just for argument's sake, or just uh, to kind of put it out there to kind of back up WWE here, they have announced the release of talents before. Uh, Daniel Bryan when he first signed uh and then he had the whole issue with choking out Justin Roberts they announced it that he was leaving you know like Daniel Bryan's been released blah 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 you know this this and this and everybody was upset about it and he was actually gone um but you know some people would be skeptical about that and be like oh you know what maybe it is a work they knew he was popular and they knew he could maybe maybe they've been but maybe the machine's been behind daniel bryan the whole time and that was a work you know and there's probably somebody listening like yeah i told you guys right but um you know uh it's it's just they they have had uh other instances um probably a uh, little less known uh, back in the day uh, when Kevin Nash uh, announced that he wouldn't be staying with or when he you know said he wouldn't be staying with WWE and would be going to WCW um, they announced it on AOL uh, you know but the, the that was in the early days of, of the internet and being a wrestling smart on the internet so um, so I could see why some people wouldn't know that um, I honestly didn't know it until this Dean Ambrose situation came up and I was like, has WWE done this before? Um, so it's, uh, so that's, that's a really big thing that's going on right now. Dean Ambrose, what do you guys think? Work, shoot. Um, I'm kind of hoping that it's a work. And if it is a work, then I think it could be amazing. Um, you guys remember the summer of punk? When CM Punk was like, hey, what if I just take the title and go to New Japan? What if I take the title and go to Ring of Honor? And everybody's like, oh, shit. You know, and then 
he wins and he misses like a day of did he even miss raw was he on raw the next night like at the end like they they had the they had the tournament and and the Rey Mysterio had one and then John Cena gets it and then uh CM Punk came came out at the end with the with the other belt I really think it might have been the next raw somebody correct me on Twitter if I'm wrong but uh but yeah instead of doing that like at this point WWE has enough relationships with indies to where you know they can announce this Jonathan Good can go off and then all of a sudden he pops up uh and does a night at Evolve uh pops up in Progress uh pops up in ICW and of course uh of course people who are in the know and look at some of these promotions that he pops up at and will be like, oh, yeah, these are all the WWE indies. But who cares? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, at that point, like, it's a, I feel like it would be a fun story. And just seeing a talent like Ambrose go outside, because, I mean, we've seen, like, uh, Street Profits were evolved tag champs. Um, Fabian Eichner went and won the Evolve Championship, um, and stuff like that. So, it's, we've seen talents, WWE contracted talents, go and compete. Um, Ricochet is gonna be in Evolve soon. Um, but, it's, it's different when you see somebody on the level of Dean Ambrose, Dean Ambrose, uh, a WWE Triple Crown champ, uh, you know, former WWE champion, Money in the Bank winner. Like, here's a main event guy, and him showing up at Evolve would be crazy. Um, and I think it would just be a, a really big buzz. Um, and you could you could go do stuff like that. And I feel like maybe WWE does kind of have to start dipping into that pool a little bit when you got the elite uh running around and popping up at uh you know doing surprise pop-ups at uh defy and and a lot of the other uh indie mainstays that the wwe doesn't have a connection to so at this point the elite uh when it comes to the indies you know these are guys who have the prestige of being there, you know, there, I feel like when it comes to the Indies, those guys are probably the closest that you can get to, like, hey, this guy's a, it's like a, a WWE main eventer type dude showing up, you know, and uh, they're popping up, and they're doing these things, and on one hand, WWE does not have to worry at all, about that kind of stuff because I feel like they're just in two different worlds um, as far as like how they do business and how they're making money definitely two different worlds but when you start to think about just getting the buzz and the wrestling fans on board a lot of people are just gonna watch WWE no matter what but I think the more noise 
that AEW makes before they get television. And then if they lock in, like, an actual television deal, like, there's been talks, people are saying, like, hey, you know, they're going to see if they can go after getting on TBS or TNT or getting on, you know. If they can lock in something like TBS or TNT, like, legit, um national television like not you know on some fucking like destination america type shit you know um now we're talking you know what i mean uh spike tv i feel like would be a really good home for something like aew and if they bring in guys like joey ryan uh and some of some of those guys they i feel like those guys would fit in on a on a spike tv type network um, remember when TNN first changed to Spike, um, and, like, they would have WWE on there, and they were pushing the hell out of that cartoon, Stripperella, the Pamela Anderson cartoon, where she was, like, a superhero stripper, sorry, I don't know, that was just random, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, nah, I think, um, there's, AEW does does have a shot to come in and and just do some stuff. And you see the the just the fact that AEW exists uh I I don't think if AEW doesn't exist we're getting a announcement that Dean Ambrose isn't sticking with the company after WrestleMania. Um I, I I just don't think that's happening. And I, going back to Dean, I just feel so bad. There's so there were so many missed opportunities with Dean because there's I feel like there's one side of the people who are like, oh, you know, Dean wasn't motivated. He wasn't this. He wasn't that. And I feel like they WWE didn't understand like because Dean is dope. He's really dope. His character is dope, and I feel like WWE never really understood that um, one with trying to make him a face after the breakup of the Shield. Like, I think he would have been better off. Like they they played his craziness for wackiness, and I think he would have been way better off as like a crazed deranged but really smart just psychopath almost cult leader type dude like I think he could have knocked that out of the park uh you know we got loose cannon Brian Pillman vibes like just let him go off the rails but not in a wacky direction I felt like they make him they made him too cartoonish uh and then like I don't know if you guys remember um, that Royal Rumble where Triple H ended up winning, where it was for the title. Triple H ends up winning the title uh, and then had the match with Dean at Fastlane. Dean should have been in the main event uh, at Mania for the title at that point or won that Royal Rumble. Like, the people were behind. They were ready. Uh, And... And even that he was still kind of cartoonish, but he, they were taking him a little bit more serious, and the crowd was just into it. Um, 
so that's another missed opportunity with Dean. And then I feel like the biggest one was the Brock Lesnar match where going into Mania, like the build that they were having, it was like, yo, what the fuck? Like this guy's crazy. And uh, then he was doing that thing where like Lesnar was down there and he came down to the ring with like a shopping cart full of just like crazy weapons and like pushed it around the ring, like that kind of stuff. I was like, yo, it was, it was getting me on board. And then we had the match, and I mean, I guess there's nothing that anyone could do. Uh, if Brock doesn't want to have a good match, then Brock's not going to have a good match. Uh, but it was it was amazing uh, how how that played out. Um, it was one of the most anticipated matches on the card, and you go into it, and Dean just gets suplexed and thrown around like 13 times. Uh, we barely go outside the ring, no weapons used, like, if, even if Dean loses that match, and just goes all out, balls to the wall, using weapons, uh, goes, gets into his CZW deathmatch bag, uh, gives us a little bit of the old, uh, Switchblade Conspiracies John Moxley type action, uh, then we're talking about a totally different match, and that's one of the matches that ends up on his DVD package when we're doing the Dean Ambrose career retrospective. But instead, now we're left with two-thirds of the shield are going to be gone. Like, are we even going to be bringing up the shield like that anymore? And think about how great the shield was booked. And, like, God forbid that Roman's not able to come back. I believe he will come back healthy, and that's what we're aiming for. But think about how strong they booked the shield. And at the end of the day, there's Seth Rollins. It's not even the guy that you thought was going to be the guy. Nothing wrong with Seth Rollins. I love Seth Rollins. I think he's great. He's one of the best in the world. But you had a faction of three studs. These are going to be your horses of the future. And what are we? What are we? Five years in? Six years in? And you know, Dean can come back at any time. And maybe Dean does go on a little run. Maybe he goes on. Maybe he does pop up in AEW and does a couple years there and helps build them up. And then his run after his run in AEW, then he can jump back to WWE. And now we have that. Now this generation can experience uh, what we experienced as 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 youngins. Uh, I'm, I'm saying we like everyone's my age. I don't know how old you guys are. But uh, if you're listening to a wrestling podcast, I assume that you're probably, um, and, you know, I'm 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 guessing that you're that you might be in your 30s, but maybe 20s, or I'm guessing that you're at least aware of the Attitude Era and how it went down, um, or the Monday Night Wars era and how that went down. But uh, you know. Maybe he could be one of those guys, jumps to AEW and comes back. And now we, you know, those those dudes who would pop between companies or, you know, one of those big jumps. 
he could be the first big jump back from AEW to WWE. But uh, there's this is just a lot of speculation. Or what if he just decides, like, hey, I don't even like wrestling anymore. I'm going to go be a YouTube vlogger. I'm going to go climb mountains for a living. You know? Maybe he wants to take down the extreme ironing championships. We don't know. Who are we to judge? <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so that's that's interesting. Another... Uh, person who's leaving and another guy who uh, didn't really and he had a huge intro to WWE it's not really his fault either Uh, Kenta uh, Hideo Itami now Kenta was a beast uh, in Japan I remember seeing uh, when I got in the Ring of Honor and then seeing him come over to Ring of Honor and do some stuff and I was like yo what the fuck so uh, and then I don't know uh, you guys here who are listening in Hawaii, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, pro wrestling Noah used to come on Kiku television, uh, on Saturday nights at like 9pm, 10pm, uh, completely in Japanese, no English commentary whatsoever, uh, but lots of great, uh, pro wrestling Noah matches that you could watch, um, and then they moved it up, and so pro wrestling Noah would be on, and then after pro wrestling Noah, uh, Smackdown, when Smackdown was on my TV, anyway, um, he, he came in with big fanfare, if you guys remember when he signed, like, Hulk Hogan was there, uh, they had him in Japan, and they introduced, like, yo, Kenta signing with WWE, they, they rolled out the red carpet for him, he was, uh, he was one of the big, NXT signings, the first big NXT signings, it was like that group uh, that they, I remember when they got to the Performance Center, they took a picture and they showed us this group and it was the first it was like the first NXT class where they were like, hey, check out these guys and 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 really hyping it up, so it was uh, Kenta uh, Finn Balor uh, Kevin Owens uh was with them too um i feel like there was there was somebody else but like those were the main three uh prince devitt kevin steen and kenta are coming to wwe and uh oh i remember willie mack was uh like rumored in that group but then um things fell through with willie mack uh before he could officially sign on but uh when you go from that and you come in with all this fanfare um and they ah, I forget who was uh it was like two guys it was the the tag team and they were um was it the ascension? I think it was the ascension and they uh were were trying to trying to fuck with uh Kenta, they were like, yo, what are you doing coming here? Like, we're, don't you know who we are, bro? And then, um, he needed a partner, and eventually his partner, uh, was revealed to be Finn Balor. And then, so it looked like they were setting up Kenta, like, yo, you're gonna be one of the big stars. Um, he gets injured, and right when he gets injured, that's when all of a sudden NXT takes off. Uh, and becomes like the cool underground brand 
like we launch right into that like right after that the four horsewomen take over so you have that whole rising uh this is after like Paige and emma get called up so now you have uh sasha charlotte becky bailey doing their thing and they start blowing up uh neville had a great run as champ and went and turned heel and i don't know if you guys remember how good that and interesting that neville run was in nxt but that was just like a really uh, a really good time a really interesting time a really fun time to watch every week because it was like all these guys popping up kevin steen uh or kevin owens eventually made his debut and then uh starts his feud with Sami Zayn like on the first night it was like whoa you know um then of course Finn Balor Prince Devitt uh his rise and then winning the title from Kevin Owens um and so now all of a sudden like NXT is is this thing and then we're having the takeovers at full sale and then building to uh NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, and during all of this, like, Itami's sitting on the shelf, and now, like, we're starting to have, like, NXT is becoming the thing where, like, okay, we're bringing guys from the indies, these are guys you know, and you know what, we're gonna start letting them keep their names, and stuff like that, so, uh, like, when Austin Aries showed up, and all these guys who we know, um, and they're not having their history erased. Whereas Finn Balor and Kenta came in, it's like, yeah, you know these guys, but you know. And then they would just talk about how good he was in Japan, but they they weren't trying to. It was almost like they were kind of trying to. Uh, they were trying to hide, hide it. You know, Kenta, the one who was from Japan, but now he's in WWE and NXT. Not bomb. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just different. Um, but, uh, I, he, it was almost like he didn't get a fair shake. The, uh, if, if he had been around and would have been able to be part of that build, that build, then Kenta's a huge star. So then he comes back after all that, and it's almost like he's lost the hype. We have all these other guys who become stars. Finn Balor has exploded. Uh, people don't even remember that he was introduced as Kenta's backup. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, that Kenta was being presented as the star, almost, and Finn was just, like, his friend. Uh, but it, you know, it just, it's unfortunate. Uh, but now, at this time, he's like, you know what, man, I did what I could do in WWE. And I don't really see him as a guy who will be back down the road, but I could see him going back to Japan, uh, returning as a hero and having an amazing career, uh, a top level career, or I could see him going to a, if he wants to stay in the States, because he can definitely work in the States. Uh, Kenta would kill on the Indies. Um, and I could definitely see him going and being a major part of AEW, um, impact maybe to a lesser degree, uh, just because with their situation with television and whatnot, it's just kind of like, ah, man, you know, but 
and they I wouldn't say that they have an amazing track record um with Japanese talent uh great Japanese talent either uh Ishimori does well there but I, he doesn't even feel like he's he's really one of their guys uh what Sonata was over there I believe um but he's way cooler in New Japan so <laughs> um yeah what else are we talking about um speaking of AEW uh, and them popping up all over the place. It looks like AEW popped up uh, this weekend at uh, indie show Hell or High Water. And the big news coming out of that is that they appeared to have signed the Lucha Bros to a, a handshake deal. So I don't know, uh, to come and work with AEW. So uh, the Lucha Bros also... Uh, work with impact um they also are signed with uh mlw but mlw contracts are not exclusive they allow uh talent to appear in other promotions uh so that's why you got uh guys like mjf who's also with aew wrestling with mlw uh you have the lucha bros being on impact and on mlw television uh, same with Sammy Callahan. Um, so that's, uh, <clears throat> that's pretty big. Uh, if AEW becomes a, uh, if AEW does lock in some television, now that AEW tag division is looking crazy, uh, you have arguably two of the best, if not on a lot of people's list, uh, the, the two, uh, top tag teams in the business in, um, in Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. So, uh, yeah, there's a, uh, there's tons of potential for, for, uh, some good matches there. Um, I'm sure, and then, uh, you can't forget SCU, SCU, so, uh, cause that's, that's who the Lucha Bros were against, actually, um, or, you know, Kaz and, and Daniels, so you got Kaz, Daniels, and Scorpio Sky, um, able to do the, uh, able to kind of play the new, New Day role of the trios, uh, they can do Freebirds rules with those guys, uh, the Bucks are the Bucks, um, (laughs) And you got the Lucha Bros. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be... I mean, there's tons of other uh, tag teams that, that they can call on. I'm imagining that the Rascals uh, probably get a call uh, from those guys um, at some point. Um, you know? And who wouldn't want to see the Rascals, the Lucha Bros... Uh, the Young Bucks and SCU, all in a all in a tag division. Um, you can even do some. Uh, you can even do some interesting stuff. Hangman and Cody uh, could team together sometimes. You know, so there's uh, there's potential for a lot there, uh, and it it could just be a lot of fun. Really, honestly. Uh, let's see. What else are we talking about here? Um, going into Raw, 
uh, Monday Night Raw. I, because we're not going to do the the full recap. We're just going to talk about, uh, you know, things that stood out and things that I feel may have WrestleMania implications. Um, Monday Night Raw, they had both of the winners of the Royal Rumble announce their uh, their choices. Now, I did hear uh, some stuff people were talking about. Um, people were talking about the ratings for SmackDown being low uh, after Royal Rumble. And I kind of feel like they blew the SmackDown rating on Raw by, I mean, we knew that it was going to happen, and we knew that it had to happen. I don't think Raw, I don't think the fans would have let Raw end peacefully uh, if we hadn't have gotten an appearance from the man, uh, Becky Lynch. But, I mean, that's the reason to watch SmackDown. If you're, if it's the SmackDown after the Royal Rumble, the winner is a SmackDown winner. We're tuning into Royal Rumble, or we're tuning into SmackDown to see who the SmackDown guy, or in this case, gal, is going to choose. And then when you give away the choice right there on Monday Night Raw, it also kind of tells you, like, oh, okay, the SmackDown Royal Rumble winner is jumping to Raw. And... Like, for some people, it's like, all right, well, what's what's going to happen now? Um, but it seems pretty obvious uh, that if Charlotte isn't going to try to force her way into the uh, Becky and Ronda encounter, then she's fighting Asuka. So we have our questions answered and the on the men's side um they didn't really give us uh, a teaser or anything to to tell us you know okay well who's daniel bryan's next opponent gonna be they could have they could have teased oh you know elimination chamber match for number one contender for the uh, you know, the next pay-per-view is Elimination Chamber. Uh, Elimination Chamber match to see who's going to be the number, who's going to get the title shot at WrestleMania. Or, uh, you know, ne- next month is Elimination Chamber. Who's going to find out who's going to be in the chamber? Like, you know, and that was weird on SmackDown. We just got, like, this random segment of guys coming out interrupting Daniel Bryan. But let's go back to Raw. I'm going back to Raw. Uh... Ronda Rousey was dying in front of us, um, but by the end, she delivered a really good promo. Uh, she was able to channel and focus her anger, and uh, and and make it happen. You know, um, so that was. Uh, I mean, that was. It was. It was rough. But at the end, it got where it needed to go. And, like, hats off to Ronda for, for for hanging in there. Like, it got really dicey. Like, she was like, okay, ha, 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 you guys got me to stumble my, on my words. Good job. 
And I was just like, oh, why are you saying that? Like, and then they sent out Bailey uh, to try to save her. Um, that, you know, it was it was just rough. It was painful. All the people who hate Ronda and like, see, that's why she shouldn't be around. They definitely had their moment to laugh. Uh, but then Ronda, we saw her, we saw Ronda learn right there on the job. Uh, and and she was able to, to pull it together. And by the end, when she tossed down that mic, I was like, yeah, I want to see this for Mania. Uh, there's a lot to pull on uh, from that match. Uh, back when, And then when Becky came out on SmackDown and talked about like, oh, she talked about me uh, coming coming from the bottom and, and this, that, and the third. Like, I have something to be ashamed of, but I'm proud of it. And I was just like, yo, <laughs> this is it. Like, this is this is it. This is the story. Like this, you want uh, you want a women's main event for WrestleMania. You want a women's main event that's organic, that doesn't feel completely forced, that doesn't feel like oh, okay, we have to give the women a main event. Like let let them go with that storyline. Let Ronda talk her shit. Yo, I'm 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 a real fighter. Like this is bullshit. Like fuck them. Woo, woo, woo. I could kill them. Blah blah blah. I'm out here, dog. Like you can let her do that, and then Becky is for the wrestling fan. Like, uh, the I mean, there's so much to play off of. Even the rivalry between MMA and pro wrestling. Uh, there's so many MMA fans who are just like, oh, you watch pro wrestling? It's fake. It's stupid. Blah, blah, blah. Like, there's so much that they can play off of real life stuff to to have each each side have their fan base just be totally ready for this match um and then that's not even they're not even and then that's not even tapping into all the four horsewomen stuff either like uh when becky came out after bailey's match on raw to go ahead and challenge ronda uh she threw up the four bailey threw up the four to her and and Becky threw it back up like that's awesome. That's so great, but they didn't they don't they don't even show that on television. Um so it's uh it's just it's a lot of fun. Um there's so much to that match that that they can do. Uh I'm just Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I can't wait. Um Let's see. SmackDown. Uh, well, no, let's stick on Raw for a little bit. Uh, Finn Balor. Um, I felt he had a really good match at the Rumble. Uh, it definitely feels like they're setting him up for something. I almost thought that, and I was hoping that this would happen, I almost thought that Seth was going to, challenge Daniel Bryan and then Finn would come back as the demon at Wrestlemania and beat Brock because Finn the man was so close it and then with the beatdown that Brock did afterwards like it just makes me feel like it almost makes me feel like they were setting it up for the demon to 
to come back. I'm like, okay, this is what he needs to bring the demon back, and he's going to bring the demon back and win the title. Like, that's, it felt like that's what they were setting it up for. And I don't know, maybe they're just working us. Uh, maybe it's a, maybe at somehow we still get to Seth versus Brock because I need to watch, I guess, rewatch what happened on Raw. But to me, because they, they announced it on their Instagram and social media, like, all right, Seth is challenging Brock. But to me, it felt, I mean, he came out, you know, you, you know, that's what it's for. He comes down to the ring, but Seth didn't say anything. He just attacked him uh, and then ended up getting his ass kicked by the end of it. Um, what if Seth went down there and was like, yo, man, you was just talking shit. But I was just like, I wasn't going to let you talk that shit. And then, you know what I mean? You with my ass and I'm good. I'm going to see what's popping with Daniel Bryan. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, of course, that's that's not the guy that Seth is. So, I mean, of course, it has to be a... He had to have picked Brock. But, uh, I don't know. It's just... That's interesting. Uh, what's going on with Finn? I don't, I don't know what's going on with Finn. And then Monday night, he comes out and gets beat up by Lashley, and I feel like he doesn't need the demon for Lashley, but we got to see the demon, man, we need to see the demon, we've only seen it at SummerSlam once, Uh, and then there was that whole, uh, the Bray Wyatt thing, but they wasted it, and they gave him like some pumpkin orange demon, it was weird, like so let's I don't know. That it was that was just a wasted feud. Uh speaking of Bray Wyatt, where the hell is that guy? Uh I'm assuming that he he shows up post mania. Uh maybe the the Raw after Mania or the SmackDown after Mania. Um I'm really interested to see what Bray Wyatt does going forward. But if Finn isn't in the universal title picture uh, for Mania time, then my prediction is uh, he wrestles as the Demon and wins the IC title um, for his first singles title on the main roster. And then and then we go from there. But um, I, I feel at some point in 2019, Finn is going to have to win the universal title. Um, but, you know, I, I could see them not seeing it my way and Finn just being a really solid IC title guy, uh, for the rest of his career. One of the best IC title guys, but I really hope that, uh, that's not the case and, uh, we get him winning the top title. Um, smack that, uh, so I'm thinking that Andrade and Rey Mysterio are definitely feuding into WrestleMania, and why not? Uh, the matches are going to be great. I'm totally down for it. Let's make it happen. Let's see more of that. Um, can't wait. Uh, I almost 
but then with that whole uh, elimination chamber uh, match that's going to be going down, I almost would want to swap Andrade and uh, Mustafa Ali out, but you got to keep, but Mustafa Ali also has been killing it and deserves the spotlight he's getting, Um, but I kind of felt, I kind of felt that um, when Mustafa Ali popped up and they were like, yeah, he's going to be on SmackDown now. I was like, I like it. I love it, actually. Um, but it made me feel like, all right, well, where's Andrade going to go? Because like his wrestling style and Ali's style, even though they're on opposite sides of the fence, face and heel, um, I feel like they kind of hit that, they kind of tick that same box of, like, really high work rate guy, uh, looks really good in the ring, uh, you know, and not, even though, uh, La Sombra is, I would say he's, uh, a pretty decent size for a pro wrestler these days, um, and then Mustafa Ali, even though he's a cruiserweight, uh, height-wise, like, when you saw him in the ring, when him and Joe, Samoa Joe went face-to-face, uh, Mustafa Ali isn't, uh, as small as you would think a 205 guy would be, um, either that or he's kind of helped along by Daniel Bryan not being the biggest champion, AJ Styles also not being the biggest guy, um, and, uh, even Joe, he's big, but not tall, uh, or as tall as, as some of these other guys, so it, um, so I don't know, maybe just by comparison, but Ali, basically what I'm trying to say is Ali, as a WWE world champ in 2019, doesn't look as crazy as it may have looked in, like, 2006, or as unbelievable, um, so now when you're talking about in that main event scene, uh, which is a, a smaller pool, um, can you really have, even though they're very different, you, you, you kind of got to definitely, it's the character that's going to distinguish them. And, uh, from what I've seen in WWE, sometimes they have a harder, sometimes depend, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I trust them to have two guys who I feel like their characters would be kind of tied to their work rate in some way. Um, like that's, I feel like their work rate is part of their character, enhances their character. Cause some characters like, Undertaker is the Undertaker, uh, and even if he's, even if he's not gonna have the best match or be in the best ring shape, like, when that gong hits and he is coming down to the ring, like, you can still find a way to make a story out of, out of that, you know, but... (laughs) Andrade and Ali are going to be the story is going to be their matches 
I feel like. And some I don't necessarily always trust WWE to always to get guys like that over or to focus on like two guys like that. You know? Um because there's AJ Styles, um, and then there was Seth Rollins, but Seth Rollins was on Raw. And so it was just those two guys who were just like, yo, these dudes have the best matches, and they kill it. Because if, if that was uh, something that they, a narrative that they could tell or do effectively, then I feel like Cesaro uh, probably would have been able to be a world champ by now. Instead of... Uh, being in the bar, but, uh, yeah, man, uh, let's see, so those are, I guess, the, because we're, we're gonna be wrapping up soon, the main, the main feuds that the Elimination Chamber, uh, on SmackDown, uh, Ali and Joe are, I think they're headed to a Mania match, and, I think that could be a show stealer. Um, I would like it to be... I would like the feud to progress to the point where by WrestleMania we need a stipulation match. And uh, I think they're doing really well so far. Um, Joe coming out and attacking uh, Ali um, prior to a match. Uh, Then... They did have uh, a match on SmackDown, but it didn't finish, uh, didn't have a finish. And then um, Ali able to eliminate Joe in the Rumble. Uh, Now they're both in the Elimination Chamber with plenty of time to interact and add to their story. And then from there, next pay-per-view is Mania. So, boom, you know? Uh, or is it? Is, are they going to have Fastlane before Mania? Well, whatever it is, the Mustafa Ali and Samoa Joe match matchup at Mania, like, I feel it could still be fresh. And then at this point, you could have so much heat on it to where you could be like, yo, Mustafa Ali and Samoa Joe in a street fight or in a no DQ match so that you can give like an extra element to where like Ali can get the win with like a a chair or something like that so uh and then and thus setting it up for another matchup where Ali is able to just you know be that underdog and overcome uh Let's see. Going into Mania, it's tough uh, thinking who's gonna who Daniel Bryan is gonna face. Uh, I feel like at this point, after the Elimination Chamber, like you're adding in more characters and stuff like that. But at this point, after the Elimination Chamber, you kind of gotta move on from Daniel Bryan and AJ. Uh, they do have the ability to have really good matches. Uh, the Royal Rumble match was was a little bit of a stinker. Uh, I don't think it was their fault at all. Uh, I feel it was more timing. Um, heel Daniel Bryan, like he's they're not gonna go out there and ha- he's not 
about to go have a fast-paced match. And then the adding Eric Rowan uh, to his stable is a move that I like. Uh, adding Aaron Eric Rowan as backup is a move that I like. Uh, but in that match, in that time slot, in, in that moment, after the Becky win, um, and just having a slow, methodical match, and then Eric Rowan, who hasn't been around and was never really that over when he was around. Um, he was part of an over a group that was over. Uh, thinking back to like Wyatt family uh, versus the Shield days, uh, but you know nobody was ever like, oh man, that Eric Rowan, you know. So uh, it was just it was just rough, but honestly, I think it works. Um, so I don't know, man. It's uh, it's tough thinking of who's gonna be. Daniel Bryan's opponent uh like Daniel Bryan and Jeff Hardy could be cool but like Jeff Hardy's over but like what like even Samoa Joe like I was like oh yeah but when he's like when he's just like I don't know what you're doing out here that's pretty accurate you know um I yeah so it's it's tough um Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe would be fun, uh, but they're both heels. Uh, if they could somehow work to Daniel Bryan versus uh, versus Shinsuke, uh, that's a match that both guys uh, reportedly have wanted at WrestleMania in the past. Uh, reportedly, one of the reasons that Shinsuke signed was a possible match at WrestleMania against Daniel Bryan. Um, but you know how these things go. Um, so it's tough. Uh, right now it's really tough to kind of see who's, uh, who Daniel Bryan's opponent is. Uh, I feel like there's some moving parts on SmackDown and the elimination chamber is going to make it a whole lot clearer. Um, at this point, if, they play their cards right. A Daniel Bryan and Mustafa Ali uh, Royal Rumble match or Royal Rumble match uh, title match at Mania might be a thing. That might be a thing uh, because you you got to think that it's the WWE title, so they won't have to. It won't have to be one of the main events if you have uh, if you got Becky. And Ronda as one of the main events, or as the main event. Uh, Brock versus Seth. That's huge. Um, and then you got to figure that, I mean, it's WrestleMania, so there's going to be some some big uh, stipulation match or something else uh, where you might be able to get away with a Daniel Bryan uh versus Mustafa Ali WWE title match at WrestleMania because it would be such a high work rate match. Um, and and you got so much other stuff happening. Uh, you'll have the first women's 
we'll have the first women's tag champions by then. So, like, imagine a... Uh, you got... Imagine you got... Uh, Becky and Ronda uh, for for the belts. And you got Sasha... Or you got uh, Charlotte versus Asuka uh, for the SmackDown title. And then you got Bayley and Sasha uh, for the women's tag titles. And say they somehow don't win an Elimination Chamber and somebody else wins. Uh, I don't know. The iconic the iconic duo. The Iconics or, or Riot Squad because that would probably be a better match. Uh, Riot Squad wins, and then WrestleMania, the first time they're defending their titles, they can go up against Sasha and Bailey, Boss and Hug Connection, end the end WrestleMania with the four horsewomen in the ring holding up their titles, and then Monday Night Raw, the WWE four horsewomen can be confronted by the MMA four horsewomen, like you know, and and now we're off to the races for for the summer season, uh, like you know, Shayna Baszler and Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir can can debut, and I know it would be early for them, but Shayna's ready, <laughs> and they had Ronda out there looking crazy at points, so I don't know, we'll see. But, uh, all right, that's, that's it. I'm done talking guys. Uh, a little bit of a different episode today, just more of a kind of a free form, uh, not really any recaps of shows and just kind of looking ahead to the road to mania and talking about, uh, some of the big topics going in wrestling today. So, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, see you guys next week. World champion of the world. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at champ podcast. Peace.